We started last Sabbath morning in Letter Kenny to think about prayer. We thought about this some weeks ago in our Milford congregation. And I wanted to come back this evening to take this little phrase, this command, pray in the Spirit. Last time we saw that that command sits in the context of this incredible privilege that we can pray because we can. The Father has set His love on us. We are beloved children. We are forgiven children. We are indwelt by the Spirit of God. And we have this incredible privilege that we can come to God, the Maker of heaven and earth, as children and to bring our requests to Him. We saw too that we are to pray because we must, not because we must in a commanding sort of sense, but because we must. Because what does Paul tell us in Ephesians? He tells us that people are dead and disobedient and damned. We can't make them live. They're not mostly dead. They are fully dead. And we need to pray. We must pray for them. And we saw too that we must pray because chapter 6 tells us that our struggle is not simply against It's not against flesh and blood. It's not that there's just people who need to be made alive. Our struggle is against the powers and the principalities, the dark forces that are at work in the heavenly realms. There's a whole demonic realm against what we are doing. We must pray. We must pray because of the state of people. We must pray because of the diabolic opposition. But we also say we must pray because... Christ is on the throne. Chapter 2. And we must pray because Christ is able. Chapter 3. He is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And so that's the background to this little command. Pray in the Spirit. And keep praying. Do you see how Paul wants them to persevere? To keep going in persevering, believing prayer. Satan hates it. This is how we are to be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Verse 10. It's by asking the one who sits in the throne, who is our brother, that he would supply, he who is able, would work in this world around us. And Satan hates it, so he will distract. He will cause us to put off prayer. He will cause us to be filled with doubt when we pray. He will discourage us. And we are commanded here to pray. And there is encouragement in the whole of the letter to pray. And in this little phrase, pray in the Spirit, there is tremendous encouragement. And that's what I want us to get uh, this evening. God the Father loves it when His children pray. He loves it when we come to Him because salvation is not simply, well, we've got out of hell and we're going to heaven. It's about having a relationship with God, knowing the Father and communicating with Him and in relationship with Him. And every good and perfect father loves it when their children come. And even imperfect fathers especially though the perfect father loves it when their children come, his children come, and they share 
their goals, their desires, and their trials. And our Father is no different. He delights to hear the cries of his children. Let me just get my notes the place where we can see them. He delights to hear the cries of his children. But more than that, so much does he delight to hear us pray. You know, prayer often seems like a real burden. And that's Satan at work to discourage us from this privilege. But so much does the Father delight in it that he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. We read that in Romans 8. He gives us, we described the Holy Spirit last time as the communications officer in the Trinity. He, the communications officer of the Trinity takes up residence in our souls, in our lives, to assist us, to help us in this important and difficult task. What an encouragement. And so, when Paul says, pray in the Spirit, this is what he's getting at. We have the Spirit in us to help us. We read in Romans 8, to help us in our weakness, the times we don't know how to pray. Who's there to help us? It's the Holy Spirit. Now, this concept of praying in the Spirit, I don't know what it calls to your mind, but it could sound mystical. And indeed, there is mystery to it. There are things about it that, and experiences in it that are above and beyond what we can put into words at times. At other times, it's very ordinary. And we mustn't let the idea of the mystical and the, the great experience cloud our understanding. It doesn't mean that we will end up in a trance and ours will pass by. And we don't. I don't think so. It may be that ours do pass by. We've been so caught up in prayer and helped to pray that the time will have flown. But it won't always be like that. Will it mean that we speak in strange, unknown tongues and languages? I don't think so. Because the Spirit gave us in known tongues and languages the Word of God. The communications officer speaks in known tongues and languages when he speaks with and for God's people. And so, yes, there may be some things about praying in the Spirit that are take us into high and exalted places as we seek to pray. And we may have a sense of being brought right into the very presence of God. And there may be times when you're praying that you feel as if God is hearing every word you say. And more than that, He is answering it as you're reading His Word. It, it's as if the Spirit brings it right to your very eardrums. And there's times it's, it might be like that. And there'll be other times when it doesn't feel like that at all. But we're not to live by feelings. We want to think what the Spirit-given Word of God tells us that the Spirit does, so that as we think of praying in the Spirit, we understand this well, and we are encouraged to pray by the presence of God's communications officer in us. He is, think of those, those videos that uh, we've been watching in our Bible study in Milford and Letterkenny on the work of the Holy Spirit. He is the giver of life. He is the revealer of God. 
He is the inspirer of Scripture. He is the assurer of relationship. He is the worker of holiness. He is the reacher of the lost. He is the one who was the companion of Christ, who enabled and sustained Christ in all of Christ's work and ministry. And that is the one who helps us in prayer. Imagine going to do a task and you need help and a helper is provided. Well, don't you want to know what qualifications and what abilities that helper has? And when you hear their qualifications and their skill level, you think, well, actually, you're way above my abilities. You are brilliantly qualified to help. And we want to think about what the Holy Spirit brings as our helper in prayer. One of the old Puritan writers, a man called John Flavel, said that the Holy Spirit helps us before, during, and after prayer. That encouraging to know? Before, during, and after. Before, by working upon our desires and our affections. Maybe you don't want to pray. You don't feel like praying. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us. During, by providing both right content, right requests, right words, and the right manner, and the right attitude. The Spirit helps us there. And the Spirit helps us afterwards because praying isn't done when we say amen because we need patience, don't we? And patience means we also need perseverance to keep on praying and we need faith that God is going to hear our prayer and that if we've asked according to His will, He will answer it. The Holy Spirit helps us there before, during and after. And this evening I want us to consider two lines, two aspects of praying in the Spirit. Two aspects of praying in the Spirit. First of all, pray with the Spirit's help. And then second, pray in line with the Spirit's desires. This is what it means. Or it's part of what it means. Pray with the Spirit's help and pray in line with the Spirit's desires. Those lectures by Sinclair Ferguson we have seen the incredible assistance that the Holy Spirit was to God the Son, to Jesus in His humanity, enabling Him to, to live and to enabling Him to, to be our Savior in that sense where he is enabling him to, to resist temptation, to understand the Word of God, to fill him with joy and to persevere. The Holy Spirit is the one who enabled and empowered and sustained Jesus. And Jesus calls him the Helper. And that lovely description of Sinclair Ferguson when he said that the Holy Spirit was the nearest and dearest companion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that Holy Spirit, that helper, whose help we have seen as we look at the life of Jesus, is the one that is given to us to help us, and to help us in particular in prayer. He helps us with many things, but we're thinking about prayer. 
And Singler Ferguson quoted a line from a hymn, Think what spirit dwells within thee. Think. When we think about praying in the Spirit, we're not thinking about something mystical. We're thinking about who He is and what He does. It's that Spirit who dwells within us. Let's think of four aspects of His work that the Holy Spirit does, that we'll see that He does as He dwells within us, helping us to pray. Things that we can look for Him to do as we seek to pray. First of all, there's four things. He enlivens us. He enlivens us. We read from Genesis 1. And there, hovering over the surface of the deep, that formless void. Who is it? It's the Holy Spirit. And He is the orderer and the the filler of creation. And He brings life where there wasn't life. And as we read On into Scripture, we find that not only does He give life to creation, but He is the one who gives life to us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but we've been made alive through the work of the Spirit. That's who He is. But He hasn't stopped His enlivening work. He keeps enlivening. Do you ever feel that prayer is dull and dreary. Do you ever feel sluggish when you think of praying? You think, oh, I have to do this. Oh, well, we'll get it over and done with. You don't feel alive to it. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? What can we ask Him to do? If we're going to pray in the Spirit, we can go to the one who is in the, the enlivener, the creative force of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and we can ask him, as one old preacher, Thomas Boston, put it, to excite us to pray. Or as another preacher, David Clarkson said, he stirs up the heart to pray. Or John Owen, another old writer and preacher, he animates us. We can go to the Holy Spirit and say, look, I don't feel like it. Would you help me? Would you enliven me? Would you stir me up? And maybe our dullness is because we have so many other things to be at. We say to him, take that away and help me to focus on this. Or maybe it's because there's doubt. Or maybe it's because there's sin. Or maybe it's because there's coldness in our hearts. Or maybe it's because we have misplaced our affections. Or maybe our thoughts are wandering and we can say to him, Give me life. Give me life as I pray. I can't even be bothered praying. Make me alive the way you made me alive when I was dead in my sin. Make me alive in my prayer life. And we see that that's what he did. He's the Spirit who gives life. Maybe he stirs us up to delight in God. Or maybe he stirs up in us a burden for the lost around us. Or maybe he just gives us a desire to to pray about something in particular. We can cry out, help me. Help me. Spirit of life, the creation story of Genesis 1, come and give shape and form to my prayers. He enlivens us. What else does the Holy Spirit do? He reveals God. He reveals God. In those lectures by Sinclair Ferguson, we've been learning about the, the work of the Spirit. He said, The Holy Spirit 
unveils the very personhood of God, the, the personality of God. We know God in a personal way because the Spirit is helping us to grasp that. He's the revealer of God. He says He is the person in the Godhead who makes us conscious of God's presence. He reveals the presence of God to us. And he said as well, lovely, he reveals the face of God. That's the work of the Spirit. I quoted last time the Puritan Thomas Manton who said that the great duty of prayer is to get a sight of God in heaven and Christ at his right hand. That's what we want to see, to see something of the majesty, the power, the love, the holiness, the forgiveness, the transforming work and power of God. We want to see these things. We want to see His justice, His holiness, His goodness, His truth, His wisdom. We want to see these things as we come to God in prayer because as we see them, we are, as it were, lifted to ask for them and assured that He will give them. The more we see of Him, the more we'll ask of Him. For we shall see Him as more and more as He is. And if the great duty of prayer is to get a glimpse of God, is it not magnificent that we have the revealer of God living in us? The one who loves to take the, the searchlight and shine it on the Father or to shine it on the Son, and to reveal God to us. And we can say, Oh, Holy Spirit, I, I'm not seeing my Savior. Will you show me more of Christ as I'm coming to pray? Help me to see God in His power, in His glory, in His majesty, in His tenderness. I feel so distant from Him. Show me His fatherly love and care. We're asking Him to do what He loves to do. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just dwell in us as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. He does that. He is that. But uh, that, if that was all Scripture said, that would give the idea of something inert and stationary. But oh no, he's the communications officer who loves to reveal the Father and the Son to us. And we can say like Moses did, show me your glory. We can say like David did, one thing I of the Lord desired and will seek to obtain, that I, the beauty of the Lord, behold me and admire. To pray in the Spirit is to ask the Spirit to help us to see God, to see what He is showing us of the Father and the Son. He wants us to delight in the Father and the Son. And we can ask Him. You know, so often as we pray, what is it we're concerned about in our praying? Lord, there's this and there's that and there's this thing and if you could fix that out and if you could sort that and you could sort the other. And we're focused down here on earth and the Holy Spirit is the spotlight trained on heaven. And when we say to Him, show me, show me, his glory. Show me my Savior. He says, nah, now you're talking. That's what I want you to see. And when we see that, we see him, then it's not just that the things of earth seem trivial. We see that he is concerned about the things of earth. 
and that he cares about them, and he's wise and good and loving and kind. And if he provides for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, and he's our heavenly Father, how much more will he provide for us? So, he's the revealer, and he lives in us. And to pray in the Spirit is to ask him to reveal God. Thirdly, he gives us words. He gives us words. What is Scripture? We read from Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Men spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. He is the giver of Scripture, the inspirer of all the words in this book. And as we read on in Scripture, in fact, earlier, Jesus says to the disciples, not only does the Holy Spirit give words in this book, but he gives words whenever we are brought up before men in Mark 13. And we're not sure what to say. We're not to worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit will give us words. He is the giver of words. And we read in Romans 8, how we're struggling to pray and all we're doing is groaning. The Holy Spirit takes it and puts it, as it were, into words so that our prayers ascend heavenwards. So what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Surely, if anything, it means that we take the Word that's here. And isn't it interesting that just before we're told to pray in the Spirit, we're told to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit. Do you see the connection? The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, and we're to pray in the Spirit. So as well as the other things that the Spirit does, we're to use the Word of God as we pray. That's what it is to pray in the Spirit, to take the Spirit's words the things that he has revealed to us about God and to turn them back to God. Maybe we're turning back the Psalms and we're saying, Lord, this is what you're like. You're the one who framed the spacious heavens and they declare your glory. Lord, I was looking out at the sky this evening and I saw the sunset and it spoke to me of your glory. And as we're doing that, the Spirit is shining a light on the glory of God and we're maybe seeing it in fresh ways to take Scripture and to turn it back to God in prayer, whether it's the Psalms or Paul's prayers or whatever prayers it might be in Scripture, Daniel's prayers, Ezekiel's prayers, Ezra's prayers, Nehemiah's prayers, to turn them back to God, to use Scripture to shape our prayer, to give us words when we are stuck for words. I was preaching this morning in Milford on um, a verse we'll come to in a few weeks' time in Letter Kenny, but it was taking the thought of rain. And I found myself going through Scripture and looking at verses that talk about rain. And I gathered them together. And oh boy, as I looked at those and, uh, and thought about them, not just for the sermon, but for my own prayer time this morning, it gave me words that I'd never thought of using before. They were the Spirit's words. They were descriptions of God Himself and what God does. And I was helped to pray. And is that not praying in the Spirit where we're taking the Spirit's words that He has given and turning them back to God? And it gave encouragement. It gave, it gave a richness. And it was the Spirit who did it. 
because it was his word. To pray in the Spirit is to use the word that the Spirit gave, and not just the Psalms and the prayers, but also the promises. Take the promises and turn them back to God in prayer. Another writer summing up what John Owen uh, said, said, John Owen stated that ignorance of the promises of God is one of the reasons why men are so barren in their prayers. And then the writer said this, Thankfully, this is one of the chief ways in which the Spirit helps in prayer. One of the chief ways the Spirit helps in prayer is through His Word and specifically His promises. And so let us be collectors of the promises of God. Not just the personal promises that are honed in in the individual, but the promises about the church, the promises about the spread of the gospel in the world. And let's take the Word of God. Prayer, somebody said, is the continuation of a conversation that God started. And that's what it is. Let's we take His Word. And we turn it back to him and we say, well, you said this. Would you do it? You know, sometimes it happens as we're reading God's word and turning it back to him in prayer. The next bit we turn to comes to us with a force that either focuses our prayer in even more. And we think, well, I I want to ask this now because of what you've shown me in your word. Or sometimes it comes to us with a force that says, I've heard your prayer. And I will answer. So let us use. Let's not fumble around for our own miserable words sometimes as we're we're praying. Let us take these Spirit-given words and use them in our praying. The Psalms, the prayers, the promises, the prophecies, all of it. The Spirit helps us. And it keeps our praying fresh. And it gives fuel to our praying. And as we seek to pray in the Spirit, here is one of the ways that He helps us. He helps us by giving us words. Um, one, one writer says, against this man Thomas Boston, he says, because the Holy Spirit knows Scripture, He acts as our remembrancer. If you're reading the Bible, you'd almost imagine the Holy Spirit saying, go on, go on, see that, ask for that, ask for that, pray for that, see that promise, go on, go on. Acts as our remembrancer. You forgot to ask for this, ask for that. Will you see this? Will you show your God here? Holy Spirit acts as our remembrancer. Often as we read, we find ourselves moved to prayer. And then we read on and we're brought back to the Word and then we're moved on to prayer. And who is it that helps us with this? It's the one who gave the Word. He gives the Word and gives words. He is the communications officer. Fourthly, He gives persevering faith. He gives persevering faith. The Holy Spirit is the one who works faith in us. He enables us to believe. And he who begins life in us gives strength to persevere. And he who begins faith in us 
enables us to persevere in believing. He helps us believe. And He gives us the strength to persevere in prayer. This is one of the great works of the Holy Spirit, is to keep us going in the Christian life, to help us to persevere. As He enables us, the way He enabled Christ to persevere and to last through trial, and to last through temptation, and to last through Gethsemane, and to last through the cross, and to take the promises of God in Scripture, and to to believe those promises. The Holy Spirit enabling Christ to do that, and He helps us to persevere. Another writer says, He keeps us hopeful, trusting that we do not plead in vain. Thomas Boston again says, He causes us to continue in prayer till we obtain a gracious answer. Till we obtain a gracious answer. And so makes us pray perseveringly. And then Boston continues, The Lord may keep His people long hanging on for an answer before they get it. The promise may be big with mercy prayed for, and yet be not only many months, but years before it come forth, like David and Abraham. This is a sore trial. Do you hear this? This is a sore trial, this long delay. And there would be no keeping from fainting if the Spirit did not help our infirmity. But He helps us to hang on. The Holy Spirit helps us in our praying to hang on. Maybe you feel that in your praying you're, you're hanging on by the tips of your fingers and you're just holding on to, well, maybe God will answer this, but I'm not sure He will. Maybe it's prayer particularly for things that He has given us great encouragement to pray for in His Word, like the conversion of family and friends and neighbors, and we're, we're just hanging on by the, the very tips of our fingers. The Holy Spirit helps us hang on. And we can say, help me to believe. Help me to persevere. Help me to keep praying. And that Holy Spirit, who works the fruit of patience, and what is patience? Patience is a form of perseverance who works patience and perseverance in us, will give us patience and perseverance in prayer. When you're finding yourself wanting to give up, cry out to the Holy Spirit, help me, help me to believe so that we ask, so that we expect, and so that we believe that He will hear and answer. He enlivens He reveals. He gives words. He helps us persevere in faith as we pray. Think what spirit dwells within thee. The hymn that Singer Ferguson quoted says, Jesus said, I will send you another helper. The spirit helps us in our weakness. You see what I mean? There's an ordinariness to a lot of what we've said there. It's not mystical in one sense, but whenever the Holy Spirit starts to work and starts to reveal God and starts to pour life into us as we pray, 
oh, there's a wonder to it. There is a mystery to it. There's Sometimes there's a real wrestle to it, and sometimes our praying will come easy to us, and the Spirit's helping us both times. Don't make our experience a judge of But here, let the Spirit's job description, His work, help us to see what it's like to pray in the Spirit. The second thing that we'll see this evening, and the second point is briefer, is not just pray with the Spirit's help, but pray in line with the Spirit's desires. Pray in line with the Spirit's desires. With His help, for His desires. That's how we're to pray. With His help, for His desires. We've touched on this already. What's His great longing? Two things. That we would see Christ and that would be made like Christ. That's what the Spirit wants. That we would, that, or well, that Christ would be made much of in this world. Let's put it that way. That Christ would be made much of in this world. That's what the Spirit wants. And that we would be made much like Christ. The Spirit's great longing is that Christ would be made much of in this world and that we would be made much like Christ. So how do you pray in the Spirit? Well, you're working with Him. How do you work with someone? Well, you don't pull against them. You pull with them. You see what they're doing, and you get involved in it with them. And two things that help us. How do we pray in line with the Spirit's desires? Two things. We pray that Christ will be honored in the world. The Holy Spirit is Christ's, was Christ's dearest and closest companion on Christ's mission. He was his lieutenant, so to speak. He loves Christ. He longs for Christ's glory. He longs to see Christ glorified in salvation. We saw in those Singer Ferguson talks him speaking of Christ's joy in the Spirit as the disciples come back from being on mission and they recount how they saw uh, miracles happening and Jesus says, I saw Satan fall as you were at work. And he rejoices in the Spirit. And Singer Ferguson paints this image of the Son and the Spirit almost in this great delight in seeing what's been happening. This is what we've been planning for. This is what it's about. The message of the kingdom is spreading. The Spirit rejoicing with the Son. And oh, oh, we read in Romans 8 of creation groaning and us groaning and perhaps even the Spirit groaning. Burdened for the lost in a broken world. He longs to see sinners rescued and transformed and the Son glorified as people find salvation through him. So to pray in the Spirit is to join him in this great mission. And to pray, to pray for lost loved ones. To pray for Milford and Letterkenny. To pray for Donegal. To pray for our communities. 
and maybe maybe we just have lost sense of the the utter lostness of people and so we can say holy spirit would you show me the lostness would you give me something of the burden that my savior has and you have for these people let me see them standing on that little spider's web of a tightrope over the pit of hell let me see that precariousness that i might pray for them and the holy spirit will delight as we seek to pray that christ would be honored in the world he loves it when we get what the mission is and we pray accordingly So we pray in line with the Spirit's desires. First of all, that Christ would be honored in the world. Maybe our school friends. Maybe to have a burden for them, to want them to hear the gospel. Our college friends, our neighbors. And to give ourselves to praying for them. They are going to hell unless God works in their lives. And God has appointed our prayers as the means of him working around us, and so let us pray for them. Christ honored in the world, and secondly, Christ formed in us. The Holy Spirit loves Christ, and He transforms us into the likeness of the one that He delights in. So how do you pray in the Spirit? It's not just for out there. It's for in here. Oh, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit. Would you come and change me? So often we're looking for him to change our circumstances. But he's shaped our circumstances around us to reveal what's in us. So that we can have what's in us changed to be more like what's in him. And we're busy praying, change what's around me. And he's saying, you're looking in the wrong place. Look within. Because if the circumstances are changed and the inside isn't changed, he'll only have to bring us into those circumstances again to reveal what's inside us so that can be changed. So, and it may not always be wrong things there is. It may be graces that he's developing in us. And we're to pray, Lord, help me to root out sin and grow in grace. Holy Spirit, Help me grow like Christ in my thoughts and in my reactions and in my attitudes and in that internal dialogue that I have with myself, either about others or about me. Help me to be Christ-like about it. Help me to resist temptation. Think of the Holy Spirit and how he enabled Jesus Because Jesus goes into the desert filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the power of the Spirit, he resists temptation. Lord, make me like Christ resisting temptation. Make me like Christ entrusting my Father's ways, even when they're hard. Make me like Christ in loving God's people, even when they frustrate us. Make me like Christ in loving the lost even when they hate me. Make me like Christ in illustrating God in my family. Make me like Christ in my battle with the unseen realm, fighting Satan's attacks, not giving, seeing them, 
seeing the traps that are laid, make me like Christ. Make me like Christ at the different stages of life because pressures change as we grow and as different circumstances arise and we are maybe married and then have children uh, and then the children leave home and then all, you know, we retire and, and all the different burdens and pressures that come as life changes around us or we lose our job or we change job or whatever it might be. Help me to be Christ-like. And that's what the Spirit loves doing. So to pray in the Spirit is to pray that He will work in shaping us like Christ. We're seeing, oh, I see He's shining a spotlight on this area here needs to change. And we're saying, oh, help me to change in that area. Help me to grow in that grace. The Holy Spirit works to replicate in us the likeness of the one that he delights in. And so in our prayer, we join with the Holy Spirit in this great transformation with this loving craftsman. So, pray in the Spirit is to pray with the help of the God of creation, the God of revelation, the God of inspiration, the God who preserves and enables us to persevere and who always keeps his word. To pray in the Spirit is to pray in line with his desires. That Christ would be honored in the world. Oh, do you think the Holy Spirit just sort of has, oh, well, I hope the people of Letterkenny will come to Jesus. Oh, it should burden us because it burdens him. He wants to see them honor Christ. And it should burden us. And we pray in line with his desires that Christ-likeness is developed in us. There's no doubt much more to praying in the Spirit. But that's a start. What a glorious thing, one writer says, it is to draw help in prayer from the resources of the Spirit of God. What a glorious thing. For if our prayers are spirit-wrought, they shall be heaven-bound. If our prayers are spirit-wrought, they shall be heaven-bound. Amen. If you're able, let us stand as we come to God in prayer. Oh, triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, how blessed we are to be able and allowed to address you in all of your transcendent holiness. And more astonishingly, we get to call you Father because the Son came here and took our sin so that we could be adopted. And then if that were not amazing enough, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and is helping us to do even what we as a body are doing at the minute, to pray. To pray. Oh, how privileged we are, Lord God, to have the, this relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. To have the privilege of prayer as children to a Father. To have a way of access opened for us right into the very Holy of Holies. And to have the Holy Spirit dwell within us. He who, who created the world, who brought order where there was chaos, 
who brought life where there was nothing, to have him dwell within us, to enable us and to enliven us to prayer, to reveal to us something of the Father and the Son, to show us your glory. And Lord, we pray that you would show us your glory in our prayer life, that you would enliven us to pray, that you would give us words from Scripture that we can turn back to you. Thank you for them. Let us see their place and purpose. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who would help us to believe whenever it's hard to keep going and to believe that you are hearing and you will answer. Thank you that he helps us even to keep believing. And help us to pray in line with his work, his desires to see his beloved God the Son honored in this world and his desire to see God the Son formed in the people that the Son bought with his blood whom the Father had loved before time. Lord, help us as we pray to pray with the Spirit's help in line with his desires. But thank you that beyond even asking that we would pray this way. Thank you that you have given us help to pray this way by giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you and help us for Jesus' sake and his glory in the world and in us forever and ever. Amen.